Howdy, this is Jessica Hardiman, and you're listening to the Hayes Grain Underway Podcast, where Navy life meets real life. Every week, we take a unique approach to what's happening all around us and try and break down a few stories in an attempt to make sense of things. So secure for sea, make your manned and ready reports to the bridge, and let's get underway. Welcome to the Hayes Gray and Underway Podcast, and Ask the Chief Production, where we will take a bizarre view through the lens of my looking glass. We will discuss what's happening in the world, what's happening in the military, and just what's happening. And now your host, Jessica Hartman. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, thanks for joining us. And if you have listened before, welcome back. Now, first, I do want to start off and say Happy New Year. Um, I note that it has been a few months since I have uploaded an episode uh, to the podcast. And man, a lot has been happening. Missed you guys. And I've appreciated the uh, feedback that I have received um, thus far. I uh, had to (laughs) handle life which caused me to kind of step away for a few months. I had a bunch of stuff going on at the house. I had ceilings caving in. So I had to have contractors and workers and, oh, by the way, you know, family vacations and all that good stuff uh, went down. And uh, yeah, it's it's been a lot. (laughs) And going into the new year, um, I had to go TAD uh, to a school that required a lot of energy and a lot of time. So Uh, So yeah, it's been a little bit crazy, but you all have not been far from my thoughts ever. Um, And I've walked around with a a notebook to make sure that when things do cross my mind, questions, issues, whatever, I'm able to write it down so that I can then go back um, at a later date and make sure that I discuss it with you all. Okay. And so if you saw on the title of this podcast, um, it is titled Life Lessons from a seven-year-old. <laughs> I was driving in my car today, uh, headed out to Oceana uh, Naval Air Station for some training. And I was sitting here and I was thinking over my week. Now, my week is always eventful uh, for one reason or another, but it was especially eventful this week because I really learned a lot, like more so than I normally do. So my seven-year-old uh, soon to be eight year old on Sunday. Um, her and I have a lot of you know great discussions about everything, whether it's school, it's sports, um, why Daddy does certain things, um, what she wants to be when she grows up, like you name it, we talk about it. But um, I started her on in, in track and field. That's something that we've been doing for like the last month, right? Because she wanted to do something a little bit different, and so I said, okay, well. You know, I ran track, was pretty decent. My sister ran track, it's pretty decent. So we know you got some of that track uh, ability in your blood. So that's okay. Let's go ahead and, and, and have at it. So she's on an awesome team, you know, awesome coaching staff with proven results. You know, because sometimes that that, uh, that term coach kind of gets thrown around a little bit. And just because you say you're coach doesn't mean you actually know how to develop and know how to actually produce uh, elite athletes. So we're in a really, really good program. So anyways, we've been doing that for about a month. And she has a natural, you know, athletic ability as it relates to track and field. So with that continued training with the coaching staff and 
she is going to develop into a force uh, that it will be competing at a national level very, very soon. So I have been talking with my daughter Celeste throughout this month because I really have been trying to hone into her the importance of effort. Um, I We were in the car driving on Tuesday and I was telling her, you know, hey, you've been going to practice. You know, I, I know we only have practice, you know, a couple times a week, which is why it's even more important, you know, than why you're there, that you're paying attention, that you're following, you know, the coach's instructions, that when you step foot, you know, on that track or wherever it is that practice is being held, like when you step foot to get ready to run, like it's serious, playtime is over. You have to put that on the shelf. And then after you get done doing all the serious stuff, then you can go back to playing. So I've been trying to stress that to her because, you know, you get kids together and it's just, it's a free fall. Everybody wants to have fun and laugh and joke and play. And when you are looking to compete, there's a time to play, but then there's a time to be serious and, and get to the task at hand. So I've been trying to convey that to her. And so we're in the car driving. I said to her, you know, Celeste, you play how you practice. I said, do you know what that means? She goes, well, no, mommy, I don't. I said, okay. So do you think that great athletes just happen to be great and they didn't have to do any work or anything like that? She goes, well, no. I said, exactly. I said, in order to be as great as you can possibly be, you have to put the work in. You have to put the time in, right? I said, every day that you wake up, you should strive to do your best. Right. And I said, and I had to repeat that after I said, baby, say, I am going to do my best. She's like, mommy, I am going to do my best. And every time I made a statement, I would have her repeat that over and over again as we're driving to track practice. And I told her, you have to believe that you have to believe that anything that you set out to do, you are going to do your best. I said, because if you can vocalize it and believe that, then it will happen. Like the universe just has to make that happen as long as you're willing to do your part. And I said, for all the goals that you have set for yourself, for what you want to do with this track program, you cannot afford to sit here and just lollygag through your practices. Because if you lollygag through your practice, you're going to lollygag through the track meet. And then you're going to be unhappy with yourself because you know you didn't give it your best effort. So we went through that whole thing and I related that not just to track, but we talked about school um, in terms of getting in that classroom and, and making sure that you're doing your best, you know, making sure that your teacher doesn't have to talk to you 55 million times when you know you could be doing more at home. Right. You have your bedroom, you have whatever little chores you have around the house every day. You should strive to do your best. I said, and then you make doing your best a habit to where you don't even have to work at it. So we we had a very great conversation. And during that practice, she looked at me, she gave me the thumbs up and she did her best. The effort came naturally, right? Because you're naturally doing your best. You're naturally putting forth the effort. And that was something that was noticed by her coaches. Because the thing with Celeste that just oh, drives me crazy is without her even trying, she's fast. Without her even trying, like she is exceptional on the track field. Without her even trying. So just imagine where she would then take herself to by putting forth the effort, by working and striving to to do her best. So just conveying that to her. So she's getting it. She's getting it now. So so we're driving back home and she's telling me about practice. She goes, mommy, did you see me? I said, yes. She said, mommy, I did my best today. And boy, am I tired. And I said, baby, that's great. If when you get done, you, you're still full of energy and can still run another two, three miles, then you didn't give it your all. 
Um, and she says, mommy, every day we're going to say, I'm going to do my best. Okay. I said, all right, baby, we'll do that every day. And she says, okay, can we pray too? I said, absolutely. So then, you know, fast forward to the next morning and we get up and, you know, I have to make sure I turn my head cause the morning breath could be a bit much, but anyways, <laughs> so, so we do that. And she says, mommy, today I'm going to do my best. I said, awesome. Me too. You are listening to the Haze Gray and Underway podcast, where Navy life meets real life. Once again, I'm TAD, you know, getting refreshed with, um, I'm doing uh, AIC Requad. For those who don't know, AIC is an air intercept controller. And essentially what they do is they control the fighter aircraft in the air. They basically help with battle space management. Air intercept controllers are pretty cool. So in this uh, Requad class that I'm in, you know, we have to do different simulations, this, that, and third. And boy, some of these scenarios are like a beast. And I remember sitting there in that seat doing my uh, doing my scenario. And I remember, you know, I was like, dang, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff going on. You know, I'm trying to almost kind of psych myself out. And then I had to remind myself every day you're going to do your best. And it was funny. And I had to chuckle to myself because I said, <laughs> I don't have a choice, right? If this is what I'm preaching to my seven-year-old, I don't have a choice but to follow the advice that I'm preaching to my seven-year-old. And for whatever reason, something clicked. And then I was able to dive back into this scenario and I was able to kill it the rest of the way. I was very grateful to Celeste for that. And when I went and picked her up that afternoon, she goes, Mommy, I had the best day ever. And I said, really? Why? She's like, Mommy, because today I did my best. The things that you learn, man, like I, I had to... um I actually stopped by the store and I had bought her a treat. And when I saw her, the first thing I said to her was, Celeste, you really made my day today. You reminded me that no matter what, I have an obligation to myself and I have an obligation to my success to do my best. Something so simple, right? But we take it for granted. But she reminded me of the obligation that we have to do our best. So that was the first thing, right? <laughs> that was and that was on Tuesday. Oh my goodness. My Wednesday, whew, on Wednesday, she taught me to have faith. So her, once again, like I said, her, her birthday is coming up this weekend. And I, um, I planned on having a birthday party for her. And I'm not going to lie. So we live in a, a pretty good neighborhood. And my daughter goes to a pretty good school. But she's in a classroom with maybe one other kid that looks like her. And not to say that I'm like, okay, hey, only kids who are the same color as you can come. I'm not saying that by any way, shape of the imagination. But I would be naive if I didn't think that, hey, I know that in some instances, some kids are not going to come to your birthday party and celebrate you just because the way you do look. And so I'm always kind of mindful of that because I'm a mama bear. And the last thing I ever want is for my child to feel like maybe something's wrong with me, which is why people don't want to be around me or something to that effect. So sent the invitations out and maybe I, <laughs> I sent it out too early, you know, because it was maybe about, about a month in advance. And I tried to send it out early enough so that people can make plans to attend and hadn't gotten any but one response. And so I, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, her birthday is, you know, the weeks are, are inching down. They're inching down and inching down. And I'm like, all right. I think by that time, I had two responses. Now, mind you, <laughs> this girl 
has me pick up what some invitations for her class and then invitations for after school program. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, and as we're inching closer, like we're getting to the week before her birthday. And I'm like, oh, and once again, this is, this is the mama bearing me. I'm like, damn, I said, these, these folks don't want to be around my baby, you know? And so I had already, I just already accepted that. Okay. We were just weren't going to have a birthday party. And I was like, all right, cool. What can I do? right to counter that and not make her feel bad so I said hey how about we do this how about we don't even do a party and I'm like me and you could just hang out and we can go rock climbing and go-karting and I list all this fun crap that I really don't want to do but it's not about me it's about her and it's about her feeling as special as she is on her day right so I I made that decision and it was interesting because that same day that uh, we had, you know, talked about doing our best to sign a third and, and I had prayed and I said, look, Lord, I don't, you know, I don't know what's, um, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I'm going to pray and I'm going to put this in your hands. I know how awesome and how open and how loving and how friendly she is. And I said, you know, I don't need 15, 20, 25 kids. If I can sit here and get five or six, I'm good with that, Lord, because I want it to be about her. And I had made that line of the center. I said, okay, and by today, I don't have the number that I need. I'm just going to call this place and I'm going to cancel. When I, once I get a break in this class, because I couldn't have my phone with me, I said, I'm going to come out to my car. I'm going to call this place. I'm going to cancel. And me and my baby are just going to go have a ball. We'll get hair done and feet done, this and that. And she's going to feel like the, the future queen that she is, right? So I sit here, go to class, and I do all that good stuff, and I get my break, and I come back to my car, and I'm going through voicemail. There goes a grandparent, RSVP, and their kid. There's a parent, RSVP, and uh, two kids. And so, and it was just crazy because the numbers started to increase, right? And then the next day, more. And, and I know that, you know, when it comes to birthday parties, you do have some folks that wait to the last minute. I mean, to like the, the morning of or what have you. But it was just like, you know, my faith honestly was tested in, in people coming through for my child. And Celeste was just determined. Like she, you know, because her thing was like, you know, yeah, I mean, if this really what you want to do, mommy, like I'll roll with you. We could do this wall climbing. We could do this and a third. But she really was just like, nah, we're going to have this party, mommy. And this party's going to be the best ever. Mommy, I'm excited for my party because all of my friends are going to come and it's going to be the best party ever. She told me that all month. Even when I was like, man, baby, this might not happen. Like, I don't have RSVPs. Like, I don't know what's going on. This might not happen. Like, she, mommy, my party's going to be awesome. My party's going to be awesome, mommy. Mom, I can't wait for my party, mommy. We're going to have so much fun. We're going to laser tag. We're going to eat pizza. We're going to play. We're just going to have so much fun. And she said that. And she convicted me because I said to her, I said to myself, how is it that I don't have as much faith as this seven-year-old does? I mean, this seven-year-old is believing for this to be her best birthday party ever. She's believing that without even seeing the venue, without even seeing everything that has to go into the planning or what have you. She is believing this is going to be my best birthday ever. I have faith that this is going to happen. I don't know how mommy and them going to figure this out. I don't really care. All I know is that somebody's going to move on my behalf and this is going to be the best birthday ever. And I, and I had to sit back and sit in that for a minute and say, where's my faith? She just, she's like, hey, I'm believing for this. And it happened. So here I am over the day before her party. And I went from five to, 
I think it's like we're at like 15, you know, kids now, what have you. I, I thought about her and I just, and her faith, like she had enough faith for the both of us because I was, I was not sure. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So what does that mean? Let's see. Webster defines faith is firm belief in something for which there is no proof. Complete trust. Something that is believed, especially with strong conviction, without question. So without question, with complete trust and belief in something that there is no proof of, my seven-year-old said to me, this is going to happen. She said to mommy, you know what? I believe in you. So I believe when you tell me that I'm having a birthday party, that's all I need to know. So I can tell you it's going to be the best ever because of you. Because I know you. I'm connected to you. And I know that you will make it happen. So I don't need to know the details. I don't have to plan it. All I have to do is show my little hind parts up on the day of my my birthday party and know that it's going to be a great time. I don't need to sit here and go door to door and ask everybody if they're coming because I'm connected to you. And you told me that this was going to happen on this day. And, and, and without any proof, your word's all I need. And I'm sitting here like, okay, dang. I was so profound. So I know that there is a man and I'm connected to him. And so if his word says that it will be done, who am I to sit here and say, well, what are the hows and the whys and who do I need to meet? And at what time is this going to happen? And when does the first part of this happen? And then the second part and the third part and the fourth part, do I, I, I need him to break that down to me? Or can I say, because I'm connected to you through your son, Jesus Christ, like, I don't need to know how it's going to work out. I just know that it's going to work out. And it's going to work out because of my connection to you. I have faith that you will accomplish everything that you set out for me to have. For everything you want me to have, you will make a way. Yeah, it may not be pretty at times, but because I am connected to you, I just need to believe and have complete trust in you that you will get me to where I need to be. So Celeste was able to bring that to light for me. And that was on Wednesday. You are listening to the Hayes Gray and Underway podcast, where Navy life meets real life. Let's talk friendship. When's the last time you made a new friend? We meet acquaintances and that's all, that's all good and dandy. But real friendship, where you like, man, that is my friend. Like, that's my best friend. Like, that she's about to be my best friend. Like, that's my good girlfriend, whatever. How often do we meet that? We meet those. You know, I know in the Navy, you know, it's almost like you are trained to develop relationships with people enough to get through the mission. And at the end of those three years, four years, however long you're at your command, you leave and transfer. And it's like you are, the Navy teaches you to uh, cut relationships off. Because it's not like you don't, you know, you're not able to stay in contact with each other. I mean, you have Facebook and you're able to be like, oh, okay, you got that going on. Oh, okay, you got that. You know, you're able to like some pictures. But in terms of really like maintaining relationships with one another after you leave a particular place, and maybe teaches you how to not do that. Because you're moving every three, four years, right? As I told you, you know, Celeste, she's been running track for the last month or so. And of course, you have a different dynamic anytime you are like the new person. She's on this team and, of course, have the younger girls that are around her age group. And we're in the age now where, you know, bullying is, like, becoming a popular thing, I guess. I, I don't really know why. I don't I don't understand that. 
you know, for some reason you have kids or people really that enjoy being able to say I'm better than you. Trying to find any fault to be able to look down on you upon. And I just think that's absolutely ridiculous. So anyway, so she's a new girl. And, you know, she had to deal with a little bit of attempted bullying. I'm not going to say it was bullying, but it was attempted bullying, which I still didn't like. Um, and I, But I let her handle it herself because I've taught her how to defend herself and I've taught her how to stand up for herself. And so she's very good at doing that. And so she had mentioned to me some things that had went down at one of the, um, well, her first track me, some things that some of the girls had said to her, some really mean things. And I'm like, okay, what'd you say? She's like, oh, I just shrugged it off and went on about her business. All right, cool. Second track meet roll around. Same girls. Said some other stuff to her. And where she just was like, I'm just going to come sit over here by you, mommy. I got my tablet. I'm cool. I'm just going to wait till my event so I can run. Because she just didn't want to deal with it. And then she was playing with like some of the other boys her age. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, why? Like, like my, my child, I'm not one of those folks who says, like, okay, my child's perfect and can do no wrong. I know that she can be a bit much. She loves to talk. <laughs> um, but she loves people. She's going to play with you. She's going to have a good time with you because she's not one of those, hey, I'm better than or I'm going to talk about you because you dress like this. Or She's not that person. So because I know that my child's not that person, I just was so bothered by the fact that, you know, why are these girls trying her? Why do they keep picking at her? Like, what is the point in that? You know, oh, I hate you. I hope you lose. You know, like, who says that? Like, you don't even know each other to, to hate each other. But the fact that you feel so comfortable spewing it out of your mouth is like, you've been through some stuff. Okay. But but don't bring that here. I've seen in my career how something like that, you know, an individual receiving, you know, uh, it's bullying or hate or what have you, they pay that forward to the next new person. I've seen that happen throughout my Navy career. You know, it's almost like, hey, if I pay that forward, and then that, that makes me, you know, part of that in crowd or what have you. And then you end up creating a culture of of bullying, essentially. So the team ended up getting some new girls. And my daughter, being who she is, it wasn't a, a thing of, oh, I'm not going to talk to you, uh, <laughs> you know, or I'm going to say little slick things to you. She embraced them with open arms. And what I loved about that, it was like, hey, even though this was given to me, I'm not going to pay that forward to you. I'm going to be organically who I am. And she developed fast friendships. And when I tell you, it's crazy because now you got these three girls who are open to everyone else. Like, hey, how y'all doing? This and the third. But they are a support system for each other. When they get down running their laps, even though they're in different age categories and all that stuff, boy, they are high-fiving each other they are clapping and they are supporting because that's what like that's what teammates do but more importantly why do we have to be at odds with each other why do we have to compete against each other like why why can't we when we say we're a team like why can't we really embody what that means and those three little girls oh they do and and what that I asked myself at what point in my life did I get to the place where I'm like no new friends (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, because I can walk into a room and I can guarantee you it may be one person as far as female, maybe one female that'll be nice enough. They'd be like, oh, how you doing? And even if we walk past each other and I'm like, hey, good morning. How you doing? People will, you know, say good morning back just because it's a polite thing to do. But boy, I ain't fooling with you. 
They're not trying to get to know you. They're not trying to sit here and exchange no words, no collective ideas, none of that stuff. It's like in their mind, there's like some invisible checklist. And unless you sit here and meet all these different markets, we can't even have a conversation. It's like, when do we get to that point? When do we switch from, hey, I am going to be open with everyone. Everyone has this clean slate. Until you show me that I have to put you in this box, I'm going to give you a clean slate. I'm not going to go in with preconceived notions to say, okay, you ain't going to be about nothing. So I can't fool with you. I can't deal with you. When did we switch to that? Or did we get hurt by enough friends or whatever to where we like, nope, no new friends, no new friends. I know Drake got a song <laughs> that says no new friends, but why not? So as I'm watching these seven, eight, nine-year-olds sit here and create this bond or better yet, create this community of support, I'm sitting here dumbfounded like it was that easy. By just eliminating all these unrealistic standards that we try to sit here and put on people, we were able to really just, they were able to just embrace each other for who they are. And when I tell you, like, they thrive off of each other, they make each other better because there's not a competition among them. It's, man, you be great. And then I'm going to be great. And we're going to celebrate all of our greatness. How awesome is that? That at seven, they get to learn that. Where I'm seeing other girls who can't even be friends with them because you're my competition. I tell my children, only competition you have is you. I, Me personally, I am not a believer of competition. Because I feel like us as humans, we take things that were meant to be good and we make it ugly. We're to the point now where if you view me as your competition, you cannot generate a genuine relationship with me because you're going to be trying to outdo me. You're going to be trying to outdo me. Because you're, you know, you, I got to I gotta do better than you. Um, <laughs> I have to outwork you. I have to this, I have to that. Instead of you saying, hey, let me be the best me that I can, I can possibly be. And if the best me that I can possibly be means that I happen to be ahead of you, then that's what it is. But it ain't got nothing to do with you. It has to do with me. But I'm noticing even at that, even at this children level, you have parents who are like, how you let this girl beat you? Hey, let that person beat you. You've been here longer than that person. Why is that person beating you? And it's like, what you doing? Why, why are you why are you planting the seeds of hate and discontent into your child? I tell my my children, Celeste in particular, as we talk about this track and field stuff. Hey man, I time you. Your goal should be to beat your time. Not their time, your time. You should be trying to knock the old you out the park with the new you. Every time you step foot out on that track field, that's what I tell my child. But I said, that applies to life. The only person you should be trying to outwork and outdo is you. The minute that you try to sit here and say, I got to be better than that person, it's the minute that you fail. It's the minute that you let yourself down because now you planted a seed of, of unhealthy competition. So that was just seeing that community of support with seven, eight, nine-year-olds, that really just kind of made my day. And it really encouraged me to kind of step out of my box too and, and speak to some of the other parents that I, even though they weren't speaking to me, I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna force you to talk to me today because we have to create community. And whatever you may have assumed about me, I'm gonna make you eat those words and I'm going to show you through my actions that, damn, she actually pretty cool. Yeah, I am. If you give yourself a chance to get to know me, you'll see that. I think that is such an important life lesson because you never know who you're going to encounter 
and how that individual was placed in your life to help get you to your destiny. You are listening to the Haze Gray and Underway podcast, where Navy life meets real life. And last life lesson for this week is perseverance. It's about a month and a half ago, two months ago, my daughter says to me, Mommy, I want a phone. Can I get a phone? And I want to say, my mind, like, hell no, you can't get no phone. Because she doesn't just want any, you know, little flip phone or anything. She wants an iPhone 7. And I'm like, okay, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? I thought I'd just throw something out there. I was like, okay, baby, you know. Because they get, you know, the the weekly behavior sheets or whatever. And then they have, like, a daily thing where it's like, hey, okay, you can get a green face, yellow face, red face, that kind of thing. And... Beginning of the school year, she was kind of teetering between like green and yellows, some yellows and yellows and yellows and green and yellow and then some greens. And then, yeah, she was kind of all over the place. So I said, okay, baby, you come in here with all green faces. End of the school year, we'll get a phone. I even bought her a calendar. I said, okay, cool. Let's circle the day, the last day of school. Um, and I said, if you can sit here and maintain these different things, I'll get that. My husband's like, no way. Like, there's just no way she's going to make it. She's not going to be able to make it. I'm like, ah, Maybe. You know, and I had, I did a picture up on, um, on my computer that has a picture of the phone and I even, um, and I gave her three little, little bears. They're like three freebies because I mean, let's be realistic. I mean, <laughs> school years till June at the time, I think it was like November. I'm like, yeah, yeah you know, we gotta be fair. So I gave her three freebies. So I said, okay, you come here with a yellow bear or a yellow face or what have you, you, that a freebie gone, right? So she lost one. She has two left to last to the end of the school year. So every day she X's off a box on the calendar. And she comes, tells me, you know, one day closer. And when I tell you, <laughs> this girl has come in here with green faces every day. And at the end of each week, she reminds me that she's one week closer and it's crazy because, you know, there'll be some days where uh, as her teacher, you know, writes comments or whatever, where she may have had, you know, a rough start in the morning or what have you. So it'll, it'll be a little corner of yellow or something like that. But the rest of the bear will be green. I'm like, okay, you ain't going to lose a freebie for that. Um, if it's all yellow, yeah. But if you get a little bit, maybe part of the ear, the head, but the rest of the body is green, hey, we're good. She pushes through. She's determined to get that. And she reminds me that mommy, I'm gonna, I am I'm gonna earn my phone. And I and I look at this and I say, This seven-year-old has set a goal, and every week she reminds me of that goal. Now I've sat down <laughs> and I wrote down goals in 20 end of 2018, beginning of 2019, and I can tell you that they're in the front part of my planner. But have I looked at them this week? No. I haven't. Did I look at them last week? No, I didn't. I'm sitting here watching this seven-year-old work toward her goal, and every week is her checkpoint. Every week is her checkpoint to say I'm one week closer. I'm sitting here looking at this like, what am I doing wrong? What am I not doing? Well, like, what what is wrong with me that for the big goals that I have, whether it be financial, you know, fitness, whatever the case may be, how is it that I haven't figured out that? how is it that I have not figured out my checkpoints how is it that I've allowed 
everything else to distract me from saying, hey, let me make sure that I'm working toward my goals. Matter of fact, let me put this stuff on my calendar and then let me sit and check in with myself once a week. Like my seven-year-old checking in with me to let to let me know, hey, I'm working toward this goal. I'm almost at this goal. Like, where's where is my determination? Where is my drive? <sighs> I had to sit in that for <laughs> for a little bit because, like I said, I have all the tools. The tools don't mean anything if you don't put in the good use. So as I thought about this seven-year-old working toward goals as I thought about this seven-year-old building a community of support among her peers as I thought about this seven-year-old <laughs> striving to do her best and all that she does right not just striving but actually doing her best and all that she does I'm sitting here saying man like she is she is living her best life at seven years old, she's living her best life. I have no excuse. I have no excuse to not believe that there isn't anything that I can't achieve. And when you talk about building community, I have no excuse. I'm good with the fact that in me seeing my child blossom and grow the way that she has, I was able to expose some of the flaws that I have. I was able to expose, hey, you have been procrastinating. You need to get your, uh, you need to get your stuff together. It's been an awesome week. My life lessons for this week, to do my best, to have faith, to persevere. And I think most important is to build community. Community in that uh, a system of support, a system of encouragement, a system of accountability. Right? You define it in multiple different ways. But the definition that I like the most is a unified body of individuals. Keyword unified, right? So community can be built wherever you see fit. Community is important because once again, that's where your support, that's where your encouragement, that's where your accountability, you know, laughter, whatever you want to kind of throw in there, that's what your community should be focused on. And you should be striving to build that wherever you go. I say all that just to say, there are lessons that you can learn when you least expect it. The goal is just to always get better. <laughs> Miss Celeste taught me that this week. So I hope that you were able to, you know, pick something from what I experienced this week. And maybe some of this may resonate with you as well. And I look forward to connecting with you again next week. I hope that you've enjoyed this week's episode of the podcast. Hit the subscribe button so you can stay connected with the latest episodes on both iTunes and the Google Play Store. You can also stay connected with me by liking my page on Facebook and following me on Instagram and Twitter at Hayes Gray Underway. And if no one has told you today, let me be the first to say thank you for all that you do, all that you've done, and all that you will do. Until next time.